Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, King fans? Welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of RinkRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville. Before we get going, I just want to let you know you can find us on Twitter at RinkRoyalty and also at Royalty underscore pod. And we are now on Facebook at the Hockey Royalty Podcast. So we got a really good show lined up for you here tonight. Before we get going, I want to bring in our panel. First of all, Mr. Ryan Sykes, what's happening, bud? Hey, Scott, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. And up next, we got Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's things out there in sunny California? Oh, it's some nice weather out here. I think it was about 70 degrees today. Not too bad. We just wanted to give you one last chance to rub that in. That's all. <laughs> Any chance I get. There you go. All right. And up next, we got a newcomer to the show, Mr. Sam Ortolani. What's going on, Sam? How are we doing, guys? It's good to be on for the first time. Uh, it's also getting uh, pretty nice out here uh, in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, too. The weather's getting nice as well. Don't mean Another to brag, Russell. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got to be careful. Those New York Staters are starting to take over this podcast. Got to got to cut that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And up next, I want to bring in our guest. Our guest was a third round pick in the 2020 draft of the Los Angeles Kings. He's currently playing for the Des Moines Buccaneers in the United States Hockey League. Everybody give it up for Mr. Alex LaFerriere. What's going on, Alex? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited. Well, it's good to have you, bud. So we're going to start you off with a real easy one here. So how old were you when this uh, whole hockey journey for you got started? Um, I think I grew up skating. I think I started when I was about three. Um, I didn't really like it at first, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, my, my older sister actually made me get back on the ice with her. Um, and then kind of once I fell in love with it, she kind of stopped skating. So I, I think I started playing like, competitively when I was about like five or six. Um, kind of played for my dad and mites and stuff like that. So that's when it all started. So your dad was a coach? Yeah, yeah. My dad coached. Um, I played for the Colonials growing up, and he uh, he coached my Colonials team, I think, for about eight years growing up. So, yeah, it was nice to have him, definitely. Did you play any other sports as a kid, Alex? Uh, yeah, pretty much everything. Um, but I only stuck with hockey, lacrosse, and golf. Um, my grandpa was a huge golfer, so kind of every summer – played with him and then my my little brother actually plays lacrosse so um i was able to play lacrosse with him growing up a little bit too so basically anything with a stick yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) at what uh what kind of point did you realize uh i guess in your hockey tenure that you realized a professional career would be possible um i'd say last year was kind of the only the like the first year that I felt that it could um, happen, really. Um, growing up, I know Ordo um, knew me back then. I, I was a little small. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was tiny. So, uh, I, yeah, I was undersized pretty much my whole life up until, I'd say, like the summer going into the season last season. Um, and that was kind of the first time, like once I got the bigger frame and could honestly, like, keep up um, with everybody's physicality. That was kind of the first uh, time I knew that I could make it. So, hey, laugh before uh, before you came on, I was telling the guys that uh, exactly what you said about your size. But I said, on the contrary, that it didn't impact your game actually at all, and you still were shifty enough to get by with that size. So I, I, I was building you up, and you were bringing yourself down. But <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were just as good as you should have been. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. It's definitely tough being kind of when you're a smaller guy, you kind of got to think the game faster than everybody else to try and not get like um, obviously like killed by anybody. So um, definitely, I mean, definitely helped me a lot being able to think the game um, faster than a lot of other people um, just to. And then once I add on the bigger frame, it kind of helped a lot. So who do you uh, like to emulate your game after? Um, yeah, I, I mean, my dad's from Boston, so I grew up a Bruins fan. I know that's probably not the smartest thing to say, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, just growing up, I obviously like Patrice Bergeron's a guy that um, a lot of hockey players look up to just because of the way he kind of handles himself on and off the ice as a leader. Um, so I'd say him and then obviously like Marshawn and Pasternak now, kind of all three of those guys just looking at certain parts of their game and trying to add that to mine. 
I think those guys are, are really good guys to look up to. Alex, you're obviously a Kings fan now being drafted by them, but um, <laughs> what I just wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think about Taylor Hall being traded to the Bruins? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really been following him a lot this year, obviously, because he was in Buffalo. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it could be a good pickup. Um, if if he starts working with the right guys, obviously, I think he, he was put on the second line with Krejci right away. So, and Krejci's obviously a player that's pretty easy to play with. So, I think once he gets a couple going, he'll he'll start. He'll start to turn it around. He had so kind of an going into free agency. He's going to want to have big contracts, so he's going to have to turn it up, right? Oh yeah. It sounds like, I mean, at least preliminary, he he wants to stay in Boston for a few years. But you know, everyone will say that once they get traded. Yeah. Um, Alex, you kind of had an interesting game back on April 10th. You had a, a two penalties and a 10-minute game misconduct. Uh, you also scored in that game too. I was just wondering if you could kind of. Uh, tell us, um, I didn't see the video of what the 10 minute misconduct was for. Yeah, um, the, I got a penalty in the first period. Uh, it was like tied 0 0, and it was kind of just like a play where we were both, me and uh, defenseman were both four checking. Like, I was four checking him for the puck, and he kind of just like stepped in the, in front of me and got we both kind of got tangled up, and then they called me for a penalty. Um, so, and then they ended up scoring on that power play, like, right away. So, got a little frustrated. And then um, just after the period, um, obviously, like, tensions are high. And we're in a push for the playoffs right now. So, got a little frustrated and um, spoke with the ref. And I, I guess the conversation didn't really go that well. And um, <laughs> I, I, I think he felt, he felt the need to give me a 10-minute for that. Um, so yeah, obviously like w- wish I could take it back now, but in the heat of the moment, like, um, obviously playoff hockey right now, even though we're not in the playoffs, we're making a push for it. So I think just, yeah, the emotions were high and said some stuff that I wish I didn't, but yeah, it happened. I bet at the time though, some of your teammates kind of looked up to you in the, a leadership role in that, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like, I'm a guy on the team who I, I wear a letter, so everyone's kind of looking at me. Um, and, yeah, I just had to kind of take it off the chin and, and sit in the box for those 10 minutes and then coming back, tried to get the boys tried to get the boys going. And, obviously, yeah, I was able to score, which, which gave us some momentum. Um, so, but, obviously, that game didn't turn out in our favor. So, so yeah, I mean – just got to keep going, though. Were you allowed to bring a newspaper into the box? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was not. I, I had a, actually a nice conversation with um, the guy running the penalty box, so it was, that kind of kept me entertained. Uh, obviously, uh, the Ivy League canceled their season. You were supposed to play at Harvard uh, this year. I guess just tell us kind of your reaction to that news and um, – uh, I mean, I assume you're taking the online classes at Harvard now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking classes this year, um, so that's obviously nice. And obviously, like a lot of other kids on um, on the team at Harvard aren't able to play any games this year, so being able to come back to the USHL is pretty nice. But 
Um, yeah, obviously the news, once we heard it, it was kind of, obviously like devastating. You want to go into school and, and be able to spend time with your teammates that you're going to spend the next four years with or however long it is. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely devastating. But I was able to go on campus this year for, I think, a month at the beginning of the year and kind of meet like my classmates and um, meet other kids on the hockey team that are freshmen. And some of the older guys would come and visit us and kind of try and get to know us. So, yeah, obviously, you want to play in those big games like the Bean Pot and hopefully have a run at the national championship. But, um, yeah, it just gives us more motivation for next year. Did you get a chance to kind of skate with uh, any of the Harvard, uh, your uh, soon-to-be Harvard teammates? Yeah, so um, my our goalie, a freshman, um, Derek Malay, he, he's actually my roommate out in Des Moines right now. Um, so, yeah, we're with each other all, all the time. So that's pretty nice. And then um, a player that played for the Bucks, I think, three years ago, uh, who's a junior at Harvard right now, Marshall Rafai. Uh, he, he was able to come, and he's been living with us as well and kind of just skating with us um, to kind of get more of a team aspect instead of just training by himself. I understand that your dad started out at an Ivy League school before transferring to Boston College. When you were kind of in your um, college perspective search, was there, I guess, walk us through uh, what teams were interested in you? Were you trying to follow in your father's footsteps or create your own path? Um, yeah, so I actually originally was committed to Army um, and because uh, that's where my grandpa and my uncle both went. They both went to West Point, so... I was originally committed there, um, but that then kind of like when I got older, I just didn't know if like that's kind of the right fit I wanted for college and that kind of experience. Um, so I decommitted from there. And then, um, yeah, I was choosing between Boston College and Harvard. Those were kind of like my last two. And obviously, yeah, my dad transferred to BC and, and played four years at BC. So that was definitely a tough decision. But um, yeah, he was super understanding about it. And Obviously, like, growing up, he would always tell me, like, yeah, Princeton and, and BC, like, that's those are the two schools he went. Harvard's kind of the, the mixture of both of those. You got the hockey of BC at Harvard and the school of Princeton there. So, um, yeah, it just kind of kind of just felt like home. Was well, the campus of Harvard itself kind of intimidating just for what it's known for? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The first time I stepped on campus, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I'm the kind of right person for this." But um, yeah, everyone there's super nice and uh, super understanding of everyone's backgrounds and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a, like a place that you can be super comfortable at. So, but yeah, I mean, the history of it is definitely a little intimidating. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I know you played 12 games with Des Moines in the 18-19 season. You're obviously back there for your second full season um, this year. Do you think uh, it's been overall a positive experience aside from the numbers? I mean, do you feel that you've been able to kind of grow your game that you wanted? Yeah, I I think for sure. um, I think this year has been a lot different for me, just kind of being in a leadership role. Like um, this is kind of the first year that I've ever worn a letter in my entire life. So I'm just kind of trying to do that. And I think – Obviously, like last year, everyone, like nobody was like looking at me in particular for anything. But now this year, I'm kind of like everyone kind of looks up to me and and um, 
kind of like watches what I'm doing more than more than I'm used to. So um, it's definitely been a little different for me, kind of um, just on the way I handle myself and stuff like that. So I think um, obviously the numbers, I think they're fine. Like obviously, like you want to do as well as you can. Um, but this year for me, it's not about like, yeah, I'm not trying to get points to get drafted or anything. I'm just trying to win a championship at this point. So, um, I think it's kind of different in that sense and it's been, it's developed pretty well for me. Very cool. So you were drafted in 2020. So walk us through that. How different was that? I mean, obviously this wasn't a normal draft given, you know, the pandemic going on and all that. So so what was that like? Um, it was uh, yeah, obviously, like leading up to the draft, it was a lot different because the date, the date of it was always changing, and like the combine got canceled and stuff like that, and um, all the interviews were on Zoom instead of in person, so you weren't really able to um, meet with people face to face. But I think, um, looking back on it, I think it was probably everything that I could have dreamt of and more. Like being able to sit on the, like I was sitting on the couch just watching the TV with. Um, 20 to 25 of my closest like friends and family so um and then i yeah i wasn't even really paying attention when my, my when my name popped up so um my, my brother my, my brother kind of just started screaming and, and he tackled me so um that was obviously like a experience that i'll never forget and just like that raw emotion seeing everybody that i'm close to um what they were going through at that point too um just looking back on like everything that they've done for me to get to that point um it was kind of yeah it was kind of surreal just being able to share that moment in such a in such an intimate setting that's really brother your brother from the organization called you oh sorry right i was going to say your brother either tackled you uh for you being selected or the bruins that scored (laughs) 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 So, so Alex, who from the uh, the Kings organization called you? Um, I well, I've spoken a lot with uh, Mike Donnelly. Um, he's been a guy that um, I think he called me right away, and I've had like a couple Zoom calls with him. And then um, I believe uh, Tony Gasparini called me because um, he was kind of one of the guys that I uh, um, was talking to throughout the throughout the Des Moines season. Um, yeah, so those two guys, I, yeah, I mean, that kind of day is kind of just a blur to me right now, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember, uh, talking to those guys and then I think I had a zoom set up with some of the staff, um, but I don't really remember specifically. Who <laughs> um, I guess looking back on it, uh, were the Kings of the team that showed the most interest in you at the time? Um, yeah, they were definitely one of the teams that I uh, kind of had a hunch that I, I would um, have a higher possibility of going to them. But, um, yeah, I think there was there's around, like, three to four that I spoke, um, like, a lot more with than other teams. Um, so those were kind of the three to four that I was hoping that I would get drafted to, and the Kings were definitely one of them. So, so walk us through that because I mean that's that's kind of an interesting point you bring up when you're talking about other teams calling. So, is it just kind of like a, a random kind of thing? Do they call you and say, "Hey, listen, we're thinking about looking at you, or we're thinking about drafting you"? Here, we got a couple of questions for you. Is that how that works? Um, yeah, obviously, like I don't really know 
what it is like without the COVID era. So, um, right. Yeah. For me specifically, like last year during the season, COVID wasn't a thing. So they were able to like come to games and kind of just sit down and talk with you and talk about like, like what's going on in your life. Like, how's your family, stuff like that. Just kind of get to know you. Um, and then once, uh, the season was shut down, um, it was kind of just like a bunch of zoom calls. Um, so I had like a zoom call with the entire staff with the Kings. Um, they kind of just were, yeah, just talking to me about the same things, just what kind of player I think I am. Like, what do they think I could become and, and stuff like that. Like, what do they think my plan is and just stuff like that. But there, what was maybe the, the, I guess the most odd or weird question that anyone in this draft process has asked you. I think one of them was like talking about like if I was an animal or something like that in like some weird situation, like what, what would I do? Um, (laughs) that, yeah, something about like an animal that was kind of the weirdest, but, um, I, I was, uh, one of my buddies, um, who got drafted by the Coyotes um, two years ago, John Farinacci is also a Harvard guy. I remember him saying um, that they would like ask him for like his favorite joke or something like that. Like what's his best joke. Um, So I was, so I'm glad I didn't get that one, but um, (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, Alex, what's your favorite? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So uh, I guess looking ahead, you're obviously hoping to play uh, at Harvard next year. You're going to be 20 years old in October. Um, I guess, have you thought about kind of your next two to three years, what they might look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now I'm kind of just trying to um, get better every day and and put myself in a position where I'll be ready um, whenever the Kings decide that they want me. Um, obviously, like, my goal is to play in the NHL. I don't Obviously, I know I'm going to Harvard, but I don't want to be, like, having a desk job and sitting at a desk all day. I want to be playing the game that I love and, and doing that every day. So I think, yeah, my goal right now is just to get better and put myself in a position where um, whenever they do call me, I'll be ready. Very cool. Very, very cool. So what's uh, in the off season, or, I mean, like when we had some downtime because of COVID, what's the, uh, what's the off-season training regimen for you? Um, yeah, so I have a I have a trainer back in New Jersey. Um, I, I work out with him Mondays, Tuesdays, and then Thursday, Fridays. Um, and we have a we have a pretty good group of guys that do that. Um, a couple college kids, um, another Harvard guy, Ryan Seedham, um, and then a, Jack Malone who goes to Cornell. He's one of the guys as well. So yeah, we have a pretty good competitive group there. Um, and then just kind of skating. I think I skate like two to four times a week, depending on the week. Um, I skate with uh, this guy named Frankie Loftus back in Jersey. He works out with like Amanda Kessel and um, Matt Brown, who goes to UMass Lowell. Um, so yeah, we got a pretty good group and obviously it gets competitive all the time. So um, I definitely get the most out of it. Nice. And uh, just because I, you know what, I'm going to give you the weird question from the draft guys. Okay. So, so what's the pump up music? What's in, what's in the earbuds? when you're working out or when you're out there power skating? Uh, to be honest, I'm not a music guy at all. Um, I know like a lot of guys, a lot of people my age are all into music, but I, I leave that to my little brother. He's kind of the music guy. He's, <laughs> he's got all the playlists and everything. So um, yeah, he, he's, he's in charge of that. I kind of just listen to it. 
I understand <laughs> that uh, he just got. Uh, I, I listened to a recent interview with um, you, and I, I understand that uh, he just got a lacrosse scholarship or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I have two younger brothers actually. So, um, my my younger brother, yeah, just committed to Brown uh, for lacrosse, and then my younger younger brother is the the music guy, and he's uh, he's trying to make a U, a U sixteen team next year. So. Uh, I think he's in the process of doing that right now. So he's a, yeah, he's a hockey guy. Nice, nice, very cool. So listen, we got a we got a listener question here for you, if you don't mind. Uh, Actually, it's kind of like a four part question, so we'll break it down <laughs> one by one. Because <laughs> uh, it's from uh, Richard Sarabia. He's a, he's a great guy. Listens to the show, and he wants to know how how does it feel to know you are going to an organization that has won multiple cups and has the best prospect pool? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that shows just what we can do. Um, the prospects obviously, um, we'll, we'll have a great team, um, and very deep team. And obviously like the organization knows how to win and it's have a, had a long history of winning. So, um, I think with those prospects, we'll be able to, um, get back to winning cups. Very good. And the other part of the question is, so who on the current Kings roster would you like to play with? And do you know where to eat in LA? <laughs> Um, uh, no, what? No, I do not know where to eat in LA. I, I've, uh, Don't feel bad, neither do I. Yeah, I've never, I've actually never been to California in my life, so um, that's something mm. that I'm looking forward to. Um, Alex, you're gonna like, learn to love In and Out, by the way. Yeah, that's honestly too cliche. Yeah, yeah, a lot of West Coast kids on uh on our team this year have said that In and Out's good but I, i'm more of a, a smash burger guy myself on the east coast so um, yeah maybe yeah so we'll have to compare those so you um, and uh you and alex turkout will have to compare notes about chipotle yeah <laughs> yeah so um but yeah i think if i was I, I think obviously a guy that everyone would want to play with is kopitar um obviously like you can learn so much from him he's had a lot of experience and he's a great leader and then obviously, like his vision on the ice is um, is unreal, and he'll definitely know where to find you and and how to put you in a position to to make plays. So I think he's a guy that I would definitely want to play with. Have you had a chance to meet your fellow twenty twenty, um, or I guess at least speak to your twenty twenty uh, second overall pick and Quentin Byfield? Uh, no, I have not. We uh we had a couple Zoom calls as like a a draft class. Um, right after the draft, I think we had like two or three um, in the following week. So um, kind of just, yeah, it, was, it wasn't really one-on-one talking, but uh, yeah, we were able to like um, all be together and on a Zoom call, kind of introduce ourselves. That's cool. Soon enough, you'll be, you'll be in camp together. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so When's your Harvard season's going to be starting up? Uh, I'm assuming September or October, correct? Um, yeah, I think we'll be going on campus early September. Um, so we'll be yeah starting skating and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure when the actual season starts, but um, we'll be yeah we'll be training um, right when we get on campus. Yeah, I just wanted to check with you because I mean you know. Obviously, with things being as screwed up as they are, just wanted to you know make sure that was still on track. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you never know with Harvard. So, um, but 
Oh yeah. I mean, that's the plan right now. <laughs> and I bet you can't wait. Yeah. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. You know, cause I'm old computers can be a real challenge for me sometimes. So, so have you ever been publicly mistaken for Alexis Lafreniere? Um, no, not, not, in, not publicly, I guess, but, uh, well, actually, one a student at Harvard when uh when I introduced myself, he's a, he's a big Rangers fan, so he's like, oh, like yeah, I, I looked at your Instagram and thought you were him for a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just like a lot of yeah stuff on Instagram, like Instagram DMs or or I'll get tagged in pictures and stuff like that. So um, oh, but yeah, and then and then a lot of stuff on Twitter, obviously, but um, that's pretty much it. I think my name was. My name was trending on Twitter right after I got drafted because of that, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty rare, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, it says right on your elite prospects. It says Alex Leferrier, not to be confused yeah. with Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to ask the question. <laughs> Uh, that's, but that's okay because uh, you know what? We're glad to have you instead of him. So that's all good. <laughs> Alex, how many games do you have left with Des Moines this year? Um, I, we have six left. And then, um, yeah, depending on how we do with those, uh, we'll be in playoffs. And um, I think the first, the first two series are best of three series. And then the championship is a best of five. Okay. Just kind of an odd question going all the way back to um, February 21st. He scored a hat trick and he also had a, an assist in an 8 1 victory. Um, I'm not sure what the Moines situation is like or the USHL, I should say, in terms of fans. But I guess what was that moment like in uh, a, a COVID world? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the USHL has been, I think it depends on like where the team is located. Um, but yeah, Des Moines has been um, able to have close to full capacity. I think they obviously have like certain seats um, checked off and stuff like that. But yeah, that was uh, obviously it was against Waterloo, I think. And that's a, that's a pretty big rival for us. So um, yeah, that was a pretty special moment. Um, yeah, it, it definitely got pretty loud. And I think, uh, right before my third goal, there was a lot of, a lot of chippy stuff going on. So, um, being able to score that kind of, and the crowd went pretty crazy. So it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but gee, you started talking about chippy stuff. I thought you were going to tell us you got the Gordy Howell hat trick on top of it. Oh no, no. Uh, <laughs> another kid on our team actually did get a Gordy Howe hat trick that game. Uh, uh, Lucas Mercury. So yeah, he, he had a Gordy Howe hat trick that game. Alex, we dropped the gloves if needed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you an honest answer. I'm not sure my mom would like it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great answer. Actually. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If, needed, I would, if needed, I would definitely, I would definitely do it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure my mom would not like it. So, <laughs> so Alex, before we let you go, our, our producer, Manny has a great question for you. Now, let's say the Kings do get in the playoffs this year, and it ends up the Kings and the Bruins in the final. Who are you pulling for? Uh, I mean, at this point, I got to go for the Kings. <laughs> Thought so. Just wanted yeah. to make sure. 
<laughs> it won't be won't be this year unfortunately i'm sorry yeah, to break, break your heart <laughs> um i guess alex just to kind of wrap uh i just want to say you know thank you for hopping on here with us for a half hour or so um aside from the hat trick this year what's been kind of your your favorite moment um in des moines despite not being able to play collegiate hockey Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, any specific game or anything. I think just, um, like, being with the guys I, last year, obviously it was tough with the season getting cut short and um, having to say goodbye to all those um, guys that became your brothers and became so close with. Um, so being able to come back and have another shot at it with those guys um, has definitely been a lot of fun and um, adding some new guys to that equation. Um, and getting to know them a lot more and yeah so i think just being with them every day and around and around the rink and outside of the rink whether it's like playing golf or uh today we were doing like axe throwing together as a team. so <laughs> yeah just like little stuff like that um is something that when you're like 10 10 years from now you're not going to remember like a single game whether you had a hat trick or not you're going to remember like the guys on the team so um, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken from this year. Do you know that's Sorry. actually a league? It's on ESPN. Yeah, it's I have the World Axroid League or something. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that actually. Uh, um, me and my buddy from back home um, are big. We we like to watch cornhole a lot. So <laughs> yes. like, uh, around around the Fourth of July, we like to watch cornhole <laughs> a lot. So um, yeah, we've seen a we've seen a little bit of the axe throwing too. I want to see the realistic cornhole game, though, where you're out the side yard after about 10 or 12 beers trying to play. That's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the pros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to be with us. We really appreciate it, bud. Yeah, and, thank uh, you so you know, much for having me. Absolutely. We just want to wish you the best of luck the rest of the season in Des Moines and uh, you know, going into Harvard next year, and we hope to see NLA really soon. So, Thanks again, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Hey, later, buddy. Yeah, see ya. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex LaFerriere. That was, that was cool. That was fun, guys. Absolutely. I like that insider look at how the draft worked. Yeah, me too. I like that. I always, I always kind of wondered that. You know, I mean, I, mean, I you hear the guys say, yeah, I saw it on TV, but who from the organization calls? Because, I mean, obviously <laughs> somebody has to, right? That's true, honestly. It's a good point. You don't really think about that, honestly. Like, who's making the behind-the-scenes moves? Like You see it on TV and everything like that, but like you never really ask those questions or think to ask who got the right. first call. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's yeah. – what I mean, do they email you? You know, kind of <laughs> – but uh, yeah. and it was really cool finding out, you know, that there are other teams that when they're, they're calling, they're always asking questions and stuff like that. Because when you watch it like a draft on TV, you think it's like all random, Right. Well, in reality, they've done the, the homework behind the scenes. So, I don't know, just kind of a really cool look at the uh, the inner workings of a draft, I guess. So, guys, yeah, tonight's our uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, just Sam, on, uh, I guess, a friendship level, I guess, where have you seen Alex's game grow the most just from <clears throat> watching him? Yeah, that's funny. I, I was actually thinking about asking him that, but he kind of snuck out of there last, last minute. Um, <laughs> no, honestly – I would say probably when he got his growth spurt that he was talking about. I mean, his game was, was good, but, like, everyone – that's all anyone talked about in the locker room was like, oh, man, as soon as this kid hits that growth spurt. Like, his dad – if you saw his dad at the hockey games back in Chatham, he's, he was a huge guy. And you'd be like, I mean, come on, genetics, they got to play out here. 
Um, and sure enough, in due time, they did. And he had a nice growth spurt. I think he's like six one. I forget his height now, maybe six one yeah. or something. So, but uh, he's taller than me now by an inch. So he, he was literally up to my chest at one point. So it's funny to see. I'm sure right when he got his growth spurt, um, played one more year at Chatham after I left, uh, transferred, played private. I think when he went to play private, um, and I think he had a good transition there. Definitely stepped up his game there, put up some points, and definitely was a recognizable player. Sam, you know what you ought to do? You ought to get a shirt made up. It's got a little line right across the chest that says, Alex, remember when you were here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> remember, remember when you made me look good? <laughs> Literally, I said that's probably the biggest highlight of my career is playing with, on a line with that kid for like half a season. It was awesome. He just made you that much better, honestly. Just like you just, he was ready to go always. And you know, that's what, what great players do. Yeah, and it's funny. You, you guys could tell based on when he was on. He's still he's calm, cool, and collected. He's got it all. Uh, he's pretty conservative, but he's still when game time comes, he's always ready to play. So um, can't complain there about a kind of player like that in the locker room. And Ryan got got him to admit he dropped the gloves if he had to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he also he also admitted he got in some uh, chit chat with the ref and it didn't go too yeah, well. So that was great. He's, he, he's not afraid to run his mouth. I guess we we stated on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. That is great. Uh, so tonight, guys, our Kings have got the Golden Knights once again. Uh, not quite the result we wanted Monday night. Started off good. Uh, did not end so well, though. So um, what do we think of the rest of the season? I guess, you know, I, I didn't know this. But I found out today that they only have a limited number of call-ups for the rest of the year. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I actually saw you said that. I, I didn't know that either. And they have one more to use, I think you said, right? I think it's three more, if I'm uh, not three mistaken. More. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, actually. So, I mean, that, you know, I and I didn't know that. So, in my head, I'm like, well, that, that kind of changes things now. As far as, you know, I always thought maybe they could just like a rotation between the kids, you know, kind of, okay, here, you get five here, you get five games here, and then just swap them all back out. But that's not going to happen now, apparently. So... Obviously, we want to see Quentin Byfield get up there. I mean, if there's only two other call-ups, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I think Byfield's probably the obvious one. We, we can all probably expect that for the last maybe six final games of the season or so. But um, it, it's interesting because I, I know um, we you mentioned that, Scott. It's, I, I wonder how that dynamic works with the taxi squad in terms of can – I know the taxi squad almost acts like a AHL team. So can they be pulled from the AHL to the tax squad to the NHL or does it have to go from the AHL straight to the NHL? Or it's just a, it's just a strange dynamic in a unique year. But if you only really had two more players to add, I, I think uh, Turcotte and, uh, or I would say maybe it's in between Turcotte, Thomas and Fagamo. Cause I mean, I watched the rain game yesterday and that one pass Fagamo made off the faceoff win back to Moviari to Fagamo straight to Anderson yeah. in the middle. That was just beautiful. And I've been at my rankings piece. I had Fagamo the number three overall rank. Um, and he's just looked good. He's a, he's a complete uh, NHL player and his, his game will translate well into the NHL right now. He's looked good in the pros in Sweden and he's looked good in the pros over here. So if you give him a chance, I think he can uh, bode well. I would love to see him play with uh, Gabe Velarde and see if he maybe can help Gabe Velarde's game a little bit towards the end of the year. But and then as far as uh, Kiel Thomas goes, he's just been putting in the work. And um, the game he had last night where he kind of got that hit from behind 
and then uh, he jumped straight up and just got right in the player's face. That's good to see that tenacity from Kill Thomas' uh, play. So looking forward to those two players. But if Alex Turcott gets a call up too, that, that wouldn't be surprising either. Yeah, and watching that game last night because we had to listen to the Gulls audio. I mean, my God, you would have thought that, you know, the way oh, that they were acting. Homers. It's like, wow. dude, it's like he checked him from behind. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, wow, he little, backed off intense. of that. It's like, really? <laughs> it was a little intense. I was like, wow, okay, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna be that homers. That's that's cool. But yeah, it's it was like, wow. it was an intense. Hayward's game. there. Brian yeah, Hayward you, is in the house. <laughs> you know, whenever the goals and the rain get together, it's gonna be an intense game. And uh, yesterday it was a very exciting game, actually. What's the whole thing? And they're going back and forth. Unfortunately, the the score wasn't pretty indicative of how the game actually played the goals ended up winning seven to four but um tomorrow's game should be pretty exciting uh, i've almost gotten to the point where i'm catching myself getting more entertained by the rain playing than the kings lately but yeah right it is what it is you got most of the future on that team so it's exciting but you know i mean just going back really quick to that call-up thing so and i totally agree with your assessment as you know as far as who should be called up so are we basically going to kind of say that because of the limited amount of call-ups that we're going to leave Leah Sanderson, uh, Rasmus Kapari, even Kaliev down to the rain for the rest of the year, if we had to, because I mean, like I said, you're just, there's somebody's going to have to be the odd man out. What do you think? I'm, really, I'm, I'm going to say Leah Sanderson's got to be the odd man to stay down. I, I don't really think he's proven. Uh, I think that guy's gotten a ton of chances mm-hmm. to prove himself and he's not capitalized. Um, this is also uh, speaking from some, old Ranger fan uh, uh, point of view too. He had a shot in the Rangers plenty of times and he blew it and he complained and then got shipped off to LA and now he has, he's added two problems, I think a little bit too. So um, I think he'll figure it out eventually though, but if there's going to be an odd man out, I'm going to say it's Liam Anderson here. What do you think, Ryan? I don't know, man. They gave up a second rounder just to kind of piggyback off what Sam said. I'd like to see it work out for Leah Sanderson here. We forget he's still 22 years old. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. I do think they'll bring him back on two-year deal, probably say. <clears throat> it's so strange because you watch you watch Leah Sanderson play and you just see some of the flash. I know he scored a goal uh, a couple weeks ago where he went between the legs and then a nice little backhand um, past the tendy, but – I mean, you see those flashes, and you kind of like, oh wow! You can you notice why he went seventh overall, and yeah, and then you, yeah. I mean, but then you see there is some times where he kind of loses his man defensively, kind of gets a little confused in the defensive zone. Um, but he has that tenacity, and I didn't really know that much about him when he was playing uh, in New York um, when he brought that over here. So that was that was cute, uh, good to see. And it, I almost wonder if he's able to elevate his game a little bit by using that um, little toughness that he has. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, he'll obviously get a qualifying offer. I don't think they're just going to let him walk away for nothing, especially after giving up a second-round pick for right. him. Yeah. But I do think that the training camp next year is going to be very, very exciting to watch, to say the least. 100%. So now that the, uh, we've had a couple of days here for uh, the, the whole sting of the Jeff Carter trade to wear off, uh, kind of interesting that the Penguins have got him on the centering the third line as opposed to playing the wing. So, I mean, I, I hope it works out for him. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I saw the initial roster projection or the, the line projection of where he was going to play immediately after the trade, and they had him slotted in there at third line center. Uh, I mean, the guy can still win face-offs. <clears throat> so 
Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm definitely rooting for Jeff Carter, especially <laughs> since he's on the East Coast. He doesn't matter to the Kings, and Kings don't really matter to anyone right now. But <laughs> well, when you're playing with Jason Zucker, who would probably be like the third best forward on the Kings right now on the third right. line over there, yeah. that's I mean, his game would be elevated a little bit. He's got that veteran leadership. So um, for a team like the Penguins, it, it just made a lot of sense for him to go over there. I mean, you got Crosby down the middle, and then you have Malkin, and then now all of a sudden you have Jeff Carter as the third line center. That's that's not a bad position to be in. Yep, I agree. I still, I have to say, I'm still shocked that it was Jeff Carter from the Kings that went to the Penguins. In the back of my head, I had a feeling that there was going to be a trade made with the Penguins, right? Given how well Ron Hextall knows those the organization and, and and all that, but I'm just still kind of just shocked that it was Carter. I honestly thought, guys, that it was going to be quick. I really, truly did, given the, the goaltending difficulties that the Penguins have had. And, I mean, good luck to him. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to see Jeff Carter do good, but, boy, I don't know if they can – Casey DeSmith or Tristan uh, Jari is going to get him very far in the playoffs. But we'll I, see could get, I could have seen quick maybe – earlier in the season if the trade deadline were earlier but he's had a cut he's had a rough um last five or six games or whatever the numbers just aren't there to serve as a a a goaltender in a seven game series yeah i think peterson's just shown to be the true number one honestly in the past like um recent few games honestly um he's been awesome his gaa is like sick it's been like in the top prestigious goalies for the entire league so thus far. So I don't really see how you're going to sit a guy down who's just red hot. It's really hard to do. And it's not like, it's not like quick is bad. It's, he's not bad. He just like, he's slowing down and Peterson just outperforming. It's hard to, you know, pick, pick one or the other in that situation. I'm just you know glad what, that we have someone in the pipeline like a Cal Peterson. I mean, I, I go, go back to the yeah. to the late 2000s when we were going through the Dan Cloutier years, the Roman Czechonic <laughs> years, and it was just like we just couldn't – the Kings just couldn't find that legit goalie. And then all of a sudden you had Jonathan Bernier come up, you had Jonathan Quick, then you had Martin Jones, and then all these goals. It's like just churning out goaltenders left and right. And now now that we have Cal Peterson who's kind of the – heir apparent to Jonathan Quick, it's it's exciting, especially for the future. We have the not only the forward crop in the rain, but we have that net solidified for the for the rest of the future as well. Absolutely, and you know, I I, I just wonder with how competitive Jonathan Quick is, if all the losing is finally starting to wear on him. If you read his body language, sometimes you know, you just in the back of my head. I mean, I he wants to win so badly, right? And it's just becoming kind of a Another losing season. You you have to wonder if that's not starting to wear him out a little bit. Well, I'm sure it's wearing on all the Kings. I mean, you think about Drew Doughty. He's probably one of the more competitive players on the Kings just as much as Quickie as well. Um, but, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was, I've been actually – I mean, it's been mentioned, but Drew Doughty's maturity has definitely surprised me this year, especially in a year of the last few years of growth. I mean, we saw last year the antics he had in the – in Calgary and all that uh, at the beginning of the year, which is kind of, it's, it's fun to see from a Kings perspective, but um, he, he would tend to get into it with uh, the referees here and there. But I mean, his maturity this year has definitely been something that I've been really impressed with, but yeah, like you mentioned, Scott, I'm sure Quickie would more than likely like to get in the playoffs sooner rather than later. Um, that's why I was kind of surprised they weren't able to maybe, maybe move him, but I'm sure, I don't know. Maybe they do have some future plans for him here. Yeah, I was thinking it's interesting, like, um, a lot of teams, I think just within the past few seasons in the NHL, have adopted this 
um, dual goalie system where they like to have two strong goalies that they can alternate like um, willingly at any point and against any team. Um, some teams like to, um, some teams even have to like to have three string goalies that they can potentially bring in. But uh, I think the like you said, the Kings have some uh, plan going keeping King on board. So I think they're hopefully in the rebuilding stages. They kind of put some pieces around him to help um, solidify his game more if he wants to stay here. Yeah, I would definitely say they're going to be coming out of the rebuilding phase this offseason. If they don't start spending some money, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to end up banging my head against the wall. Because <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they just got to start making moves, honestly. It's, it's a lot of like potential talk and stuff like that. But like they do got to start executing moves. I agree with that. And moving guys. <laughs> they got the Absolutely. money. They got the money for it. It's going to be close to about 30 mil this summer. So look forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all right, guys. Well, listen, uh, our Kings and Golden Knights game is about to come on here, so I think we're going to wrap this one up. Um, once again, we want to thank Alice LaFerriere for coming on. That was a wonderful conversation, real, a lot of fun. And, um, well, we hope to enjoy the game, but have your uh, beverage of choice ready. <laughs> yeah, excuse <laughs> yeah, <she's lovely. laughs> <laughs> uh, So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, for Sam Arlani, I'm Scott Kimball. We're signing off. Go Kings, go. Thanks for listening. Thank you.